On today's installment of Silver Screen News, more scandal amongst the Disney villain. We will be taking a look at Netflix's password crackdown, a huge accident on the set of Gladiator 2, and a personal pet peeve of mine is gone. The Golden Globes are no more, or are they? And we go back 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years. Throw those TBTs up because it's Throwback Thursday, baby. All that and more, and of course, last week's news right now on Silver Screen News. Hello, everyone. It's me, Nico Liro, also known as Daddy Go in some parts of YouTube, and I'm joined by the one AJ Anthony Jordan. How are you all doing? Yes. Um, so thank you everyone who joined us and who watched our content on our first full week of broadcasting. We promised you one video a day. We gave it to you um, as of Tuesday yesterday. So our first top 10 show on this new platform is out. So you guys can go and enjoy that now if you haven't. Uh, for podcast listeners, it's just part of the podcast stream. And also, if you are watching on YouTube and you don't have time to watch a full video and you want to listen to the Silver Screen News while you're moving, Silver Screen News is also available on podcast. Link to that in the description below if you are watching on YouTube. But before we get into the, our first topic, because as always, I have to remind everyone, please, if you are new to the channel, to like and subscribe if you haven't done so already to Silver Screen News and to all of our content. But now let's crack straight on in with our first news section, which we like to call Hot Off The Press. And for our first news section, AJ, I've got, I didn't announce this in the intro because it's something I think, you may have heard of it already, but it's something that brings a huge, huge smile to my face. Trepidation also, because I'm like, how are they going to manage to pull this off? Uh, let me just find this bad boy right here. But yeah, here it is. AJ, the full Monty sequel trailer released as cast set to reunite for the new Disney Plus series. Right. It's funny you say that because a lot of adverts recently, I don't know what I've been watching, but I have seen that it's all about the full Monty TV series. And I'm not too sure how I feel about it. It's exciting, but it's scary at the same time because it's such a capsule. And you're like, what are you yeah. going to do to make it worthy? You know, it is scary. It is scary. They're bringing back all of the original cast, which is cool. So the cast of the full Monty have been reunited for a small screen reboot some 25 years on. Stars of the classic 90s film The Full Monty have revealed they'll be reuniting for a new TV series 25 years after the hit movie. Peter Catinero's 1997 cheeky comedy followed an unlikely group of men turning to stripping to earn a living after the steel mill they work in shuts down. It won an Oscar for Best Original Musical or Comedy Score. Um, okay, that's not an Oscar. So first off, Best Original Musical or Comedy, that's a Golden Globe. We'll be talking about those later because there's no category like that in the Oscars. But anyway, it won a Golden Globe for Best Original Musical or Comedy Score and was nominated for three other gongs, including Best Picture and Best Director. So yeah, again, that's not... Not an Oscars thing. Um, while it is not clear from the trailer whether the gang will be giving audiences the full Monty, they're old, I hope not, the group are back together for a new Disney Plus <laughs> show of the same name. It follows the crew after they put their kit back on and navigate the post-industrial city of Sheffield and society's crumbling healthcare, education, and employment sectors. 
Train spotting star Robert Carlyle reprises his role as Gaz, while Game of Thrones Game of Thrones Mark Addy is back as Dave. Tom Wilkinson returns as Gerald as Gerald, sorry, while Leslie Sharp, Hugo Spear, Paul Barber, Steve Huyson, and Wim Snape are among the cast reprising their roles. Now <laughs> Basically, actually, what's interesting is that pretty much as of right now, at the time you're watching this, it's on Disney Plus. So it's 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 here. It has arrived. Now, the only thing I'm going to say, and I'm probably going to get lambasted for being some sort of anti-woke criminal, which I'd like to reassure everyone I am not. But if memory serves me correctly, um, and I'm only going based off of what I saw in the trailer, Robert Carlyle had a son in this. Now, all of a sudden, 25 years on, he has a daughter and his daughter's black. Now, not that this is a problem, because I encourage interracial relationships, but it just made me go, but why are we focusing on her and not the son who we've loved from the 1997 movie? AJ, your your thoughts on a full Monty TV show, and on maybe the point I just mentioned. So it's funny you say it, because it's exactly what I was going to ask. Like we, we're told the original cast is back and, and, and an instrumental part of the film is the reason why they're going for the full Monty is this man wants to do right by his son. Now I'm not saying that his son has moved on, but if you're saying the original cast, give me a, the original cast bar, give me a reason why. And I've got no reason again, had it been his son became his daughter and we are in a world where I don't want to say it's oh, more communist. It's not, but it is, you know, like we can accept that, Maybe his son has transitioned into his daughter. Anything is possible. However, I don't think you could transition in color. And that's where the issue <laughs> kind of threw me. So I'm like, okay, he's got a daughter and there's going to be a story and it's all good. I'm down for it. And it's a new dynamic, but give me, I need, like, I, I'm sure episode one will explain it, but where's the son? And when it comes to the TV show, it, there's a certain magic. Now I'm going to be hands up. I was nervous when it came to the film. I was like, do I really want to see what, what appeal do I have about a bunch of old guys getting their kit off? It's not for me. That was it. However, it's one of the greatest comedies I've ever appreciated. So I'm now once again like, mm, can they recapture the magic? That's what I thought about the Inbetweeners movie and they scored. So I'm going to put a little hint of faith. I'm going to give it a shot, but I can't promise this. I'm overly excited. I'm interested. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to just add my final two cents on this. You know, when Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement made What We Do in the Shadows, everyone loved it, rightfully so. It's an incredible show. And then when they announced a series, people were like, oh, God, what the hell are you doing? And a lot of yeah. people, I'm not, not sure where I lean, but a lot of people actually say that the series is even better than the movie. There's an argument to be made for it because the series has had more time to allow its characters to breathe. Um, but just because a movie becomes a series doesn't always spell doom and gloom. It could be a good thing. Um, but yeah. that is pretty much it. What I want to hear from all of you guys is uh, what did you think of this news? Is it good? Is it bad? Leave your thoughts and your comments down below. Um, so our second news story of the day. Mm. This one makes me sadder because... Okay, so some context before we go into this story. Are you familiar with what's going on with Jonathan Majors at Disney at the moment? Yes. Yes, that's, um, yeah, Kang and Creed yes. Freeze, really. Yeah, I've heard Correct. that it's not too good. And assault case and whatnot, from what I've heard. I don't know the full details, but I've read around it. This is it. You know, this is going to remain a movie show. I'm not about to pass judgment or even provide speculation on something that I wasn't there for. Therefore, I have no clue about. Um 
but I obviously aside from the victims, what I do feel quite bad here for is just Disney cannot seem to catch a break at the moment because our second story, um, they they've another one of their what looked like what was going to be a key player for them has uh, has landed himself in hot water because AJ Namor actor Tenok Huerta has been accused of sexual assault. Marvel Cinematic Universe actor Tenok Huerta has been accused of sexual assault by a Mexican musician and activist in a series of social media posts. Marvel Cinematic Universe actor, blah, 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 we're repeating ourselves here. Thank you, brilliant press. Um, now, the activist in question is Maria Elena Rios in a series of social media posts by Rios explaining her break from the organization, Poder Prieto an anti-racism group in Mexico and her anger that the group allegedly published a podcast involving her on their website after she broke from the group and then didn't pay her for it. When the group disputed Rios's account, arguing that the group had no involvement with the production of the podcast and simply posted a link to it on its website, she then accused them of protecting Quieta, who played Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Rios posted on social media, translated from Spanish. I made it very clear to them when I left their group that they protected their violent and sexual predator of at Tenocueta, that they did not publish anything about me. They still want to look for me at a concert of, hypo of hypocrites to avoid scandals for their at Marvel Latam movie. Now, a lot to unpack here, because as I said, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to go into a major thing of, you know, Who's guilty? Who's innocent? Did he do it? Didn't he do it? There's 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 one key thing that I want to highlight here. A lot of people, as is sadly always the case, have gone after her and said, well, if this was the case, why didn't you say anything about it soon? To which, to her credit, she has replied, because in my last relationship, you may have recognized this name, Rios, because a few years ago, this is the woman who had acid thrown in her face by her ex-boyfriend who employed two people to go after her when they broke up. So she rightfully has turned around and said, going, yeah, because last time I spoke out against the man, I got acid in the face. So of course she was reluctant to speak out. So huge if here, but if this is true, and again, I do not know, but if this is true, this is a huge demonstration of courage and power by her to even be able to Hashtag me to speak out against this. Um, this is always sad to hear. As I said, there, there's a bigger picture at play here, you know, between Tenoch Cuerta, Ezra Miller, Jonathan Majors. Like, what's going on with the world, AJ? Talk to me. This is this is where I I I, I lose it. It's it's not because it's a comic book hero, villain, what have you. It's not, yeah, AJ comic book movies. It's really sad. Put it this way, it's always sad in general that these crimes occur. When people in the public eye who, and I'm not saying money can't buy happiness, you know? So it's not to say, oh, they've got it all, why are they doing that? But you would believe, for instance, as I've always said, we try to be more professional in what we say because there's a certain code of conduct out there that reflects us. And we, we are nobodies in the grand scheme of everything. Nobodies. To be given the opportunities that these gentlemen, people, uh, not to misgender anyone, um, have been given and not and to take advantage of it as opposed to embrace it and doing better is what really hurts me. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a case of do better. It's just a case of do better if found guilty. 
just do better. You've got an opportunity of a lifetime and you're not you're not following through on that. And that's what I find disappointing. Um, more heartbreaking, it goes back to what you said. It's it's the victims. No matter which way we look at it and have a, a sunken heartbreak, it, hearing the story and experiencing the story will never match. And, you know, for anyone who is a genuine victim, and I am not saying one from the other is innocent versus guilty. Anyone who is a victim, my condolences go out to you. And, you know, I, while it's not something that may be forgotten, I still pray for some form of recovery for you from these atrocious acts, should they have happened. I can always rely on you to say the right thing, my man. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love that. But look, it, to give balance to this, obviously, because I don't just want to be on a protecting Rios thing here, because obviously I don't know what happened. So for the sake of balance, also to talk about Tenok Cuerta, again, I don't know, guilty or innocent, no clue, wasn't there. I did love him as Namor. I thought he was superb as Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Unpopular opinion? I preferred Black Panther Wakanda Forever to the original movie. And I know that may not be a popular thing to say, but... Wakanda Forever... Wakanda Forever has actually made its way quite quickly into my top three Marvel movies. It it hit me in a way I didn't expect. It, it, It doesn't need to be a superhero movie. It was a good film. And that's what I appreciate. About it. it was a, a very strong film. And while we're on the subject, because you will never hear AJ say differently, justice for Angela, because Angela Bassett was robbed at the Oscars. So robbed. robbed at the Oscars. So robbed. <laughs> like, I love Jamie Lee, but my God, if you ever wanted an example of, well, here's a lifetime achievement award, and we're going to make Angela lose out for this. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Our next, uh, our, our next story, again, before I get into this, some context for this one. Because, make sure you leave this part in at the beginning of the individual edit, AJ. Because Netflix have cracked down on password sharing. Now, I'd like to preface this by saying there is no judgment from me. And I would imagine from my esteemed colleague who's literally coined the phrase AJ vision. All right. This is, there is no judgment from here. We have all done Netflix password sharing. I'll even go on record and say that I got, I was the victim of this assault on my, on my password sharing freedom, but a few days ago, (laughs) this is fresh, but you know what? It's not a bad thing for Netflix. Like it's, one of the funny sound bites I always heard, actually, I'll save this part till after, but ultimately, it's stealing. What we're doing is stealing. You imagine, let me take this. Here's, here's a Funko Pop of Optimus Prime. Yes, my guy, yes, you can see I like Transformers. Here's a Funko Pop of Optimus Prime. Now, this is 20 quid. You know, they're not expensive. But let's say I now take this home and I do a 3D scan of it. This is plastic. You know, it's not that hard to duplicate. I do a 3D scan of this and I start handing these out for free to you, to Louis, to Den, to Leon. You can bet your ass both Hasbro and Funko are coming after me if they find out about that because I am literally stealing from them. And again, no judgment. I just confessed to being a criminal myself in this situation. <laughs> there is no judgment. But ultimately, what we are doing from Netflix is stealing when we are password sharing. 
But so here's here's the full story because and, and I'll add something to this afterwards, which is quite funny. But here's the full story from I believe it's yeah, it's it's from Variety. Let me let me just bring this up now because it's it's I've I personally think it's a very interesting story. Go uh, go here we go. So Netflix password crackdown drives U.S. signups to highest levels in at least four years. This is from Variety. At least initially, Netflix's broad password crackdown appears to be producing the streamer's desired results in converting freeloaders, hello, into paying customers in the U.S., according to early data from research company Antenna. On May 23rd, Netflix began notifying U.S. customers that users on their accounts who live outside their households would need to be added as a quote-unquote extra member or get their own subscriptions. Since then, Netflix has had the four single largest days of U.S. user sign-up since January 2019 when Antenna began tracking the metric. Based on the most current antenna data available, Netflix average daily signups reached 73,000 from May 25th to May 28th, 102% increase from the prior 60-day average. That was more than the spikes in subscriber signups antenna recorded during the initial, dig this, more than during the initial US COVID-19 lockdowns in March and April 2020. That is crazy now adri can you I'm see on this, this graph here yeah yeah look at this spike right at the right on the right side of the graph that is the weak period when they put in the, when they put in the password cracked up <laughs> so this has worked now the thing i would like to add to this because i find it oh so funny is in a typical consumer rebellious fashion so many people have now turned around and said well i just don't watch netflix anymore if they're not going to let me password password share reality check if you're not paying for the subscription it's not going to bother netflix that you're not watching them anymore because you shouldn't have been watching them in the first place just putting it out there. Now, listen, this is proven to have worked. And what they've done, which I actually think is quite clever, is on the memberships where it allows you to add an extra member, that extra member isn't paying full price. So not only is it making sure that passwords are being cracked down, but it's also, they didn't need to do that. They could literally have said, no, one password per household, F you pay me. But they haven't. So I actually you think they played ball quite well there. AJ, you your do. thoughts? You could do, but it sucks. You could do, but it sucks to do that. Because let's be honest, I'm not going to name the other streaming platform because I don't want them to follow suit. But we password share. And we have profiles of our own. And that helps because when we do our other show, Movie Mount Rushmore, when we first started, we were sharing an account and it was like, oh, I'm halfway there on this film. I'll go back because you were X amount of minutes. It's good to have profiles right it helps right um yeah mr aj vision himself is actually the full paying member netflix started off as my brother's account it cancelled my sister picked it up she was gonna give it up my nephew was really up for it and i was like i'm in the middle of watching big bang theory i'ma pay it and then i came home one day and i got the message that said eh, are you the main household 
And I was like, you fuckers, I heard this was coming and it came the day after. I've literally been the sole owner, the sole household of a Netflix account. And it's so annoying because it actually still says, hi, Nathan, new films for you. And I'm like, no, 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 Anthony's the main man now. So I need to get that changed. I need to make my account the main account. But taking that aside, it happens. But do you know the funny thing? And this is the thing, like, because I am that person who likes to have the full HD. If I ever sign up for something, I go to full hop. I'm still paying $16.99. I've got five accounts. One household, one person's using it. Told the missus, oh, you can definitely get an account now. She's like, oh, I'm still watching the shows on yours. Like, it doesn't matter. And that's where we're at. But I was going to do the extra accounts. I was going to pay the four quid or whatever it was for the extra account. My family categorically said, I don't do Netflix anymore. Now, had it not been for the fact that I am currently on the US office, had it not been for the fact that I enjoyed a TV show, You, a couple of Netflix originals, and there aren't many, dare I say. Stranger I Things, like, I want to get involved. I've not had the time to get involved. Umbrella mm. Academy, same category. Like, AJ's not the only one who has AJ vision. There are many people who ride the <laughs> sell the seven seas and have means of doing it. And I'm not saying my family are when I'm saying this. But I'm saying Netflix don't have enough content currently to make it worth it. So, yes, there's been a spike because there are a few who are like, I need to finish X or Y. And that's that. But unless they can bring up the content, and this is something you said time and time again, their movies aren't the greatest. They're lucky on their series. Now, Henry Cavill's not exactly the Witcher at the moment. It depends on how hard they hit. No, but let's be real. Let's be real. Some of the stuff that, and here's the thing. As much as I talk about I'm watching The Office, they are lucky because that's not a Netflix production. That is something they happen to have syndicated. Now, if we are going down the route, and I'm going to call it as I call it, where everybody starts to take their toys, because guess what? Go look for Daredevil. You ain't finding that no more. That's on the that's in the house of mouse. Now, if everyone starts taking their stuff away, Netflix, that, that, that peak of yours that you were going for, it's going to dip real quick. That's point one. Point two, and I don't want to drag it out too long because I want to give you your say. Point two, what was point two? I'll I, I leave it there because I can't remember what point two was. But it's, it's, it wants to do with content. And yeah, people aren't as invested in Netflix as it was. Like, you need to have the content to make people care. Bro, you, you've you've said that perfectly. Uh, nothing, nothing to add, to be honest. The, the, the reality is that content is king. You, you've said it. And if, if Netflix double down and do what HBO do and put all that money that they are, frankly, peeing into the wind. Notice I'm not swearing because we can't swear anymore. Thank you, YouTube. Um, they're, they're, they're literally peeing that money into the wind because that movie, I can't even remember, The Grey Man quarter of a billion that cost between getting Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling and Anna de Armas. The movie was awful. What was that movie they did with um, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock and Gal Gadot? Like, Red Notice, was it? Yeah. Awful. Like, we Can are I not in the age of movie stars anymore. The one that went all over the place. I had everyone going crazy. <gasps> Netflix have got their movie. Will Smith. Bright. It was pretty dim. Like It just wasn't a great film. And, and now I remember the other point I was going to say. A lot of the backlash that Netflix are receiving is because they were telling people, oh, passwords are meant for sharing. Account I've seen it, and this is not a joke. If you go onto Twitter, 
you can see Amazon replied to them saying, like, oh, so what happened to this? And they're like, for, like sharing is caring or something like that with their different profile pictures. It's got a gold tick. It's not a joke. It's an actual verified account telling Netflix, you lot done bad. And that's the other side of it. Like, you need to know if you're telling people to do one thing, don't get everyone to sign up and then be like, oh, by the way, we're taking our toys back. You made it that, you know? No one has said it had to be within the household. It then became a household thing later on. All right. So the question goes over to you guys. What do you all think of this uh, of this Netflix password crackdown? Has it affected you? Do you agree with us when it comes to the, the content debate that there's just not enough really great content on there to keep people tuned into Netflix when you hold it up against things like Apple TV, who are knocking it out the park at the moment, HBO Max, now Max. That Netflix have the opportunity to make great series, and they have done so in the past, but their movies are not good. Do you guys agree or disagree? Let us know, and don't forget to like and subscribe, please. And up yeah. next, mm, this is always sad to report on this sort of stuff, but we must. Accidents happen, and sadly, that's what we're going to talk about now, because... Gladiator 2 stunt accident leaves several crew members injured. This is an exclusive from Variety, just to give them their credit where it's due. Let's go into it. Um, several crew members were injured on the Morocco set of the sequel to Gladiator on June 7 while filming a stunt sequence for the action film. While filming a planned stunt sequence on the set of Gladiator sequel, an accident occurred during which several crew members experienced non-life-threatening injuries, a spokesperson for Paramount Pictures, the studio behind the film, said in a statement. The safety and full medical services team on site were able to act quickly so that those who were impacted immediately received necessary care. They are all in stable condition and continue to receive treatment. A total of six people received treatment, four of whom remain in the hospital, all the impacted crew members were treated for burn injuries, according to an individual knowledge of the production. Two other crew members were treated locally and then discharged. The accident occurred towards the end of the shooting day. No cast members were harmed. Now, the reason I think it's important for us to talk about this is because if you've ever been on a film set, it is frankly a miracle that more accidents don't happen. Um, I mean, and that's testament to how well-oiled these machines of filmmaking are. But I also think it's a very, very nice opportunity, not to revel in someone's injury, obviously, but it's a very nice opportunity we have now to acknowledge the importance of everyone on set. Because it's not just the actors, it's not just the directors and the script writers and the cinematographers. The stunt people put so much on the line to make these movies happen, which is why I have said for ages, you know, there should be a best stunt category at the Oscars. These guys put so much effort and heart and soul into choreographing and executing these scary stunts for the purpose of entertaining us. I think we just need to take a moment to praise the stuntmen and actually give them their dues in the form of having proper awards recognition at the most prestigious award show for movies that there is. Um, the, the, you know, the other thing I would add is that it's, it's these burn injuries that makes me think explosion of some kind. So that, I mean, that's terrifying, but AJ and, and, and listen, there's not much to add on this, but, but what's your take on all of this? 
So you kind of hit it right. It's nice to hear that they are acknowledging something and not just sweeping it under carpet because it's not Denzel Washington injured, you know? It's a right. cast member injured. Um, I, I do believe we're in a world where social media might have made it what it is. We're in a post, and I don't want to say it to put the man in a bad bad light, but in a post-Alec Baldwin accident situation. Um, so that's something else that I think might have caused a highlight to it. But what... And it's sad, but it's it's the same behind every risk assessment that's ever, ever happened in life. It takes an accident to happen to see an oversight, and hopefully it leads to a correction. And that's all I'm looking for. This accident, sad though it may be, and speedy recovery all around to everybody. Good to hear no, no, no life-threatening injuries were involved. But, you know, permanent scars may be a thing, and I hope it's not the case. What I'm looking for is correction for those in the future. And that's what I'm hoping for. No matter who you are, anyway, anytime you go to work, you should not, ex it's so funny. I was listening to that literally in the office the other day. <laughs> this woman's episode I was watching. You want a safe environment. And that's exactly what it should be. And it's that. Um, just going back very quickly on what you touched on about the um, stunt people. I think the reason they don't is because it might take away the magic. I, I was going to say Tom Cruise. I know he does 95% of his own stunts. But if oh. you start to highlight a stunt person, do you take away the magic of what happened there? Because I'm led to believe X, Y, or Z done it because of that. You know? Um, maybe it's based on one film because they are a dedicated stunt person to a limited amount of actors. I know they're always in work, but I don't know. Maybe that's, there are reasons behind it not becoming a category within the Oscars. I don't agree with that. It's not often you and I disagree, but I do not agree with you on that statement. Saying that it would ruin the magic. I'm just looking at like perspective this, as to why it may be what it is. Giving someone special effects for a Star Wars or Marvel category, that's like saying, oh, it wasn't real what happened. It's like, no kidding. We know. <laughs> like, that's what the award shows it. for. I get, um, I get that. But, yeah. but look, yes, yeah, speedy recovery to everyone. And look, also, accidents happen. As AJ said, make sure there's a correction. But accidents do happen in these environments. It could be literally a you know flash-in-the-pan moment that wasn't planned for. And look, we learn, we move on, and speedy recovery uh, to the stunt people. Now, <laughs> oh, I was looking forward to talking about this so much, AJ. <laughs> so, Golden Globes, leave this part in the video. Context is needed for this. On our other YouTube channel, which we've now closed, and on the podcast, this show is available on podcast, link down below if you haven't followed us on podcast already, I have often been on record saying that the Golden Globes are stupid. And people have always not fully understood why I feel so strongly about that. I think now, given why the Globes are not closing down, but a kind of shifting is the perfect time to have a proper elaboration about this. The reason you and I, well, I think we've always agreed when, when I've said that all opinions in film are valid because it's ultimately subjective, but a critic's opinion is more valid than the average audience member's opinion because by proxy of what they do, a critic's opinion is more informed. It's literally what they do for a living. Case in point, if we take it out of the movie realm, a history student can have an opinion on why a certain event in history happened, but the history teacher, nine times out of ten, is going to have a more informed opinion on why the event happened because they are literally doing it for a living, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with film. The critics 
while their opinion is not more valid, it is more informed than the average audience members. Critics will see 100 to 300 movies a year. Statistically speaking, your average audience member sees three to 10 movies a year. Who knows more yeah. about movies? The 300 yeah, or the 10? Uh, I agree. No, it's non debatable. Right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, with that frame in mind, here's why the Oscars are important and why the Golden Globes are irrelevant. The Oscars are made up of a body of 8,000 people. These 8,000 people are all executives, directors, producers, actors, writers cinematographers, and it goes on and on and on. In other words, people who have been working or who are actively working in the industry which they are voting on. For reference, Steven Spielberg is part of the Academy. He may know a thing or two about movies. Just a, as, just a little bit. As do all of the people in that pool of 8,000. So that's the Academy who hosts the Oscars, right? That's, that's that side taken care of. So who hosts, the, who, who's this body that controls the Golden Globes? It's a body called the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Now, now, dig this, because a lot of people don't know this. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association is made up of, wait for it, 75 people. Already... You've lost me on that number alone because that means we're drawing for the vote. The total voting is drawing from a smaller pool of people. So that's stupid. Who are these 75 people? Well, they're not working professionals, AJ. They are not Steven Spielberg. They're not Kevin Feige. They're not people who are active in the industry other than in the form of a critic. So these Hollywood Foreign Press Association members are, and this is the weirdest part, by rule of their organization, critics who live in L.A., but who work for foreign press outlets. So okay. that in itself is weird. All right. So just the same way we were saying that a critic's opinion is more invalid, that is more informed than a film fan's opinion. By that same logic. Steven Spielberg's opinion is a hell of a lot more informed than a critic's opinion. I appreciate it. This, yeah. is, this is what we're stacking up against. Furthermore, Golden Globes can be bought. Literally bought. If you take, if you fly 20 people of the, gold, uh, of the Golden Globes board, the people who vote essentially, fly 20 of them to Greece, wine and dine them, buy some votes. Well... You've pretty much just secured yourself a win for a Golden Globe there because you've made up over 25. I mean, I might get my math wrong on this. You've just made up nearly 20% of your voting demographic have just been bought. Take 20 people from the Academy. Less than 0.1%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it can't yeah. be bought. You can't take it unless you're a fucking billionaire. Sorry, damn it, I swore. Um, unless you take, hopefully Google doesn't catch that. Unless you take 8,000 people to, to do the same type of whining and dining experience, which I don't think most people in their right mind would try and do, you can't buy an Oscar. It's done on merit. And also, 
because of the caliber of people voting on the uh, academy, I don't think they would risk their industry integrity being bought out. So do you see why I've always said the Golden Globes are ridiculous? Mm -hmm. Not only that, they have broad categories, nice broad categories where we can just insert weird things too. Two of the most moronic, moronic pieces of voting that come to mind. Um, Patch Adams, the Robin Williams movie. Oh, you think if you haven't seen it, a Robin Williams, it's a drama, uh, you know, it's a comedy movie. Or, 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 no, Patch Adams is a really dark, depressing drama. Yet, miraculously, it won the Golden Globe for the best comedy musical. Banshees of Inisherin, just last year. I don't think, even think it won, but it was nominated for best musical. This is the type of voting you get at the Golden Globes. But do you know why people defend it? And this is beyond the shadow of a doubt, because they put on a damn good show, AJ. <laughs> Come on. You're going to get people like Ricky Gervais coming on and literally butt-slamming the entire, entire film community live. Now, that's good TV. Also, you usually get very good moments with the people accepting awards because other key thing about the Golden Globes, open bar. <laughs> so the celebs are usually plastered by the time they go up. So you get your sound bites, you get your TV moments. And for the sake of, and you've also got to remember they're quite popular. So most of your average viewing public who may not have seen the Banshees of Inisherin, but will have seen something like the new Star Wars movie, will feel more represented. So people will have a natural leaning towards that. What has more merit? In film, I'm not going to engage with what's better, Banshees or Star Wars. They're so different, it's beyond compare. But do you see who's voting on these things and why it's ultimately an absolute joke that they're even compared? Is, is, is the point clear? I get it. I get it. And I, the, the thing behind it all is I believe there's different strokes for different folks. Now, if you're out with a full-on appreciation of film and you, I don't want to say aspire, but you can understand a film critic's point of view and you are more open to variety in your genre of film, then yes, the Oscars are for you. However, there is that angle where, and again, you, you go to it, the Oscars don't really come out on TV. Do you know what I mean? You're always seeing yeah. it from the outside and hearing certain bits and it's a speech. Well, it's live on Sky every single year. Is it from there? Okay, there was one that I know they don't get to see certain parts. I can't remember. You always just see the red carpet. And all no, no, crap. it's live on TV but, every year. It's it's After enough. the Super Bowl, it's the second biggest televised event in the world. Yeah, I, I know everyone tunes in, don't get me wrong. But what, what I'm getting at is that is that people can relate. When you're watching the Oscars and you are a blockbuster hunter, I'm going to call it just for the, the benefit of this conversation, right? Your special effects categories for you then. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. While doing that, you are going through category after category. You're hearing stuff like Banshees. You're hearing stuff like Free Billboards. Not that I'm knocking these films, but they aren't for your blockbuster crash bang wallet following Cinema be, be careful here because we're talking about content of film here, which is what I wanted to avoid. 
I'm avoiding it, but what I'm getting at is is not content of film, but genre of film, style of film, no. just what you're getting. No, no, that that's not the problem because that then it comes into a matter of subjectivity and what what film is better than what. That's not my beef for the gold. I'm not, no, 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 no. It's the style of film. What I'm getting at. My thing is, is that there are some, again no, no, it's on people show. voting. That's my problem. Just I get it. Again, I get it. But what I'm it's, saying, yeah, it's it's the voters. But what I'm saying is. It's, the appeal of what you're getting. It's when you can recognize what films are on a certain award category, you will relate to that. And that's why the Golden Globes go up. You get a lot of fun, you have people going crazy, and you recognize a lot of the films that are getting those adverts. Whereas the Oscars will open you out to a, a different genre, sure. different category. Sure. You'll be like, oh, that seems interesting. What was that? Oh, I appreciate that director, X, Y, Z. So that's why I say there are different courses Horses for courses, as it were. You know, it's just yes, yes. different things has different appeal. And that's and I, it. And I cannot stress enough that the appeal of a movie, I am not getting into debate of what no, movie should no. have more appeal because that is not what I'm about because all opinions are welcome on this. My key thing is the people voting, the body is too small, and the body of people voting are not informed enough for their opinion, in my eyes, to have any merit when, when specifically when held up next to the body of people voting on the Oscars who include the likes of Steven Spielberg. I appreciate that. But when you talk about the media outlets that they are, you're going to get people who literally appeal to... But who are they? Did that... Joe Blow movie... Gases Gus movie Gus station dot farts in Albania... I'm sorry. It could be, like, but it could also be the guy who gives the news report on this morning every other day or on Lorraine show. Like, I don't know who it is, not. but I don't know. I don't it's know. not. That's the thing. Okay. These people are nobodies. So now we actually get to the story. <laughs> Go. <laughs> because these people, AJ, are literally like you and me. That's it's, it's a group of people who have just set up an award ceremony and who have and they're getting people smashed. Um, here we go. Let's get into this. So, the Golden Globes, this is coming, this is breaking news coming from Deadline. Um, oh, hang on. Bambi live action pick set at Disney with Sarah Polly and Talks to Direct. Ooh, breaking news. <laughs> there Fresh. you go. Anyway, our news story. Uh, Golden Globes acquired by Dick Clark Productions and Eldridge the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, to wind down. So, Dick Clark Productions and Eldridge said Monday morning that they have acquired all the Golden Globes assets, rights, and properties from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, turning the Hollywood Awards show into a commercial enterprise. As a result, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and its membership, which have handed out the awards, will shutter. The announcement was made by Todd Bowley, yes, he of also Chelsea fame, uh, Chairman of Eldridge, and Jay Penske, CEO, Chairman and Founder, Penske Media, who is also CEO of DCP. With proceeds from the transaction and the existing resources of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the new owners will launch the Golden Globe Foundation, which will carry on the, the HPFA's entertainment-related charitable giving. As part of the deal, DCP and its partners will plan, host, and produce the annual Golden Globe Awards show and will pursue commercial opportunities for the Golden Globes globally. Now, 
we've we've th- 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 we, I think we don't really need to add more than, than what we've done already. We've kind of done a big spiel about this. That's the story. The Golden Globes have been acquired, and where it goes from here, who knows? Because <laughs> they may keep doing the same thing of having a weird group of you know less informed non industry people voting or it may completely turn on its head i guess what i'm saying at this point is stay tuned (laughs) what more can you say what more can you say um but yeah golden globes stupid follow the oscars if you want an award show um so that uh brings us to the end of the hot off the press stories uh we've got two bits of news from last week that we're going to cover quickly in its topic that we call news updates so um the first one of our news update is (laughs) i'm actually gonna let you lead with this one i'll read out what the story is because i i i I have i want to hear your take on this because i i am so conflicted about this i can't tell you um let, let's let's bring up the story and not and not add to any of the suspense <sighs> aj a legend of zelda film reportedly in the works universal are closing in on a big deal with nintendo so hot off the heels of the super mario bro movie's success it looks like another nintendo ip could be making the transition to the big screen oh, oh, excuse me for the noise in the background, according to well-informed film critic Jeff Snyder, Universal and Illumination, yes, Illumination of Minions and Super Mario Bros. fame, are closing to, are close to closing a big deal with Nintendo to adapt The Legend of Zelda, stating he doesn't believe the news to be a huge surprise. Snyder told the Hot Mic podcast, Zelda is looking like the next big Illumination and Nintendo franchise crossover. This adaptation clearly won't come cheap. However, with Snyder stating it's going to cost Universal a pretty penny. This is something the critic attributed to the success of the Super Mario Bros. movie, which is now the biggest video game adaptation ever and the highest grossing movie this year so far. Nintendo kind of knows its worth at this point. But yeah, I'm told that is now going to be a reality, he elaborated. So... I, I, I just want to hear what you have to say before before I give I give my two cents on this because I, I I I have <laughs> I have less than no clue of what to say. <laughs> so the, I mean, hey, who knows? You might even be able to share this content with Daddy Goose Page. But I mean, gaming film is is awesome. Yeah, anyone who consumes the media appreciates the media. Now, though they are worlds apart, we had different RPG stories. I was very much Final Fantasy VII. You have been on the Zelda front. Neither of us have had a chance to exchange worlds and appreciate what they are. So I'm not overly familiar with the Zelda story. What I know is everyone's been, since Mario was as good as it was, people have been pining for more of the Nintendo um, franchises to build and get give a, a Nintendo universe, probably end in Super Smash Brothers or something like that, because what else can it end in? But um, Please here's the thing. I'm going to take your advice on this story, and that the main character doesn't speak. Now, we've yeah. just come out. Now, if you click a link or check other stories that have come out, we've just talked about 
the variation and we stayed away from content within the Oscars and the Golden Globes. I don't believe the world is ready and I could be entirely wrong. I don't believe the world is ready for a silent video game movie. I don't think we're there yet. We've just coined a good video game movie. A few others along the way have come that we've enjoyed. Call it, you know, look, we've all had fun with Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we didn't have the best time with Assassin's Creed and Hitman. I'll give or take, depending on the crowd, but normally it's a thumbs down. Some people can take Mario and Sonic. Others can't stand it. These are the elements that we're looking at. Now, if we're going to have a thing that everyone's going to think, oh, Zelda is an awesome game. Yeah. Pokemon is probably the biggest game Nintendo has sold behind Mario, and uh, Detective Pikachu didn't do great, okay? It's not because you're a good game, you're going to be a great film. I'm just putting it out there. And if your main character doesn't speak, I don't think the world's ready for that. Yeah, so I'm very, very much of the same opinion. Um, Look, it's... The Legend of Zelda is a franchise that spans generations now you have got so many fascinating stories with speaking characters main character not being included link um with speaking characters who have and nintendo have built such a rich rich world depending on whichever timeline you go with whether it's the wind waker whether it's the ocarina of time and majora's mask this new tears of the kingdom breath of the wild stuff which i personally i know shock horror i'm actually not really into i think we've moved too far away from what i loved about zelda but that's fine i appreciate that it's beloved by most it the, the, the thing which always had me like raising a question mark is, especially considering the main character doesn't speak, I thought this would have lent itself better to live action than to an animation because in my mind, it was always a live action movie that was going to give Zelda its, its, its oomph. But then again, there are some... There are some very extreme, larger-than-life set pieces in these games, the piece, and the set pieces are the pieces that stick out, which... Arguably, while they look awesome in a game, they wouldn't translate well to live action. So maybe animation, which you can get a you can get away with a lot more in animation, that would be the appropriate home for Zelda. I just don't know how they're going to get around it because the last time Zelda spoke, uh, sorry Zelda, I'm doing it now. The last time Link spoke, just just go online. Excuse me, princess. It was a really bad cartoon that's not to say we're going to get the same thing again but it's like when tom and jerry spoke it's it's like uh it's it's like you 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 shouldn't be it's some characters shouldn't speak and link is one of them so to build a whole movie as you said around a character who doesn't speak yeah there's a rich 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 group of characters around him that do speak but i I don't know how they do this so it's a franchise it's an ip that i adore the ocarina of time is my favorite game ever um i'm curious to see how they pull this off that that's my biggest thing it's the curiosity of how in the god's green earth are they going to manage to pull this off but super mario bros was great so who knows do you know what though just touching on it very briefly as i said not familiar with it wasn't sure how many people spoke from didn't but what could really be the winner of it is the fact that because it's animation 
Link can be very animated in action. You know, one of the things that I was scared of when we were looking at The Little Mermaid was how unanimated Sebastian's going to be. Same with like The Lion right. King, how unanimated a character can be. So keeping it animated might be what it does, why he doesn't speak. And You know, this is a world where everybody loves Groot. Now, if I am Groot can storm the world, a man who doesn't speak but has a lot of emotion could be the new trend. So who knows? Well, I, may, I, mean, I may well be corrected. Oh, I, I could go on now and say they could make it a very, very woke thing and be like, of course the man shouldn't talk. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at this stage. <laughs> you never know. That could be a fun point. Just plugging the computer into China. You never know at this point, right? Um, but yeah, I want to know what you guys think. Do you think, here's the question, do you guys think Link should or shouldn't talk? And who would you cast as Link? I'm going to go with Tom Holland. <laughs> Dog, you stole exactly who I was going to go with. He just, yeah, if he should, if Link will speak, that's the one I would go for. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. All right. Our last story of the day before we move on to our, our, our final section of the show. And AJ, building on something that we uh, we discussed last week. The the Batman, but which Batman, right? <laughs> on, are we in? Are we in the right section here? Yes, we are. I'm Batman. Uh, no, I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. Batman, literally. So the Batman Two, as in the Batman with Robert Pattinson, the Batman on Two down to two actors for Two Face. So yeah, the kind of side universe. Keep up, people. <laughs> Which Batman are we talking about? Who knows at this point? The, um, the universe. The, the. So, in a neat piece of symmetry, pun intended, it looks like the casting of the Dark Knight's net, uh, next adversary is coming down to the toss of a coin. <laughs> Ahead of a scheduled writer's strike permitting, of course, productions, uh, productions start eyed for early 2024 at the Warner Bros. Uh, Leavesden Studios. The sequel, which will see Robert Pattinson become vengeance once more in Matt Reeves' sequel to last year's mega hit, The Batman, is looking at the duo of Josh Hartnett and Joel Edgerton to fill the role. The producers of the film are exploring casting one of Hartnett or Edgerton in the role of Gotham's new district attorney. Gotham's previous very, very corrupt district attorney, Jill Coulson, Peter Sarsgaard, was a victim of the sadistic Riddler played by Paul Dano in The Batman. So what I want to know, we can go into we can go into this a uh, bit more now. What I want to know from you, actually, is given that these are our two front runners, do you have a preference to which one you would go with and why? Sorry, bear me a second. You said Joel Edgerton, isn't it? Joel Edgerton, not Taron. Joel. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I partially got thrown off there. Um, I, it's probably unpopular. I'd probably go Josh Hartnett. Um, I just wow. know more of his films. Yeah, I probably just know more of his films. If I'm honest, and I think I could actually picture him in the role. Um, I just I, I, it, it's going to sound dumb as, but, but I Joel was. I don't think he would do a bad. He wouldn't do a bad portrayal, but I would like to. I think, I actually think Josh could put it off. I actually think Josh could put it off. Josh Hartley could put it off. Why? 
There's Mind something drop. about it, it. It sounds weird. I, I I'm looking more at a pre two face Harvey Dent, and I could see him playing the straight face lawyer quite well. And mm. and I think giving him the chance to challenge himself, he might be able to show people that. Okay, I'm not saying Hollywood Homicide was the world's greatest film, but he yeah. was entering the comedy side. He was doing comedy films, Forty Days and Forty Nights. Like that was it was not Forty Days. Was it Forty Days and Forty? Yes, it was. Yeah, but I, like, he, yeah it was. He, He's done comedy, so he has he could do the straight face, which is pretty much what you could see him angling. But I think he also has that other side that shows you he can flip. I think he would do quite well. He also played that very menacing psychopath, although he was only in it for two scenes in Sin City, of course, and he was in that horror movie 30 Days of Night, which wasn't great, but the premise was good. Um, I'm probably unsurprising. Other side of the same coin here, Arf Arf. Um, I'm very, very much a fan of Joel Edgerton. Now, I do actually like your take of giving it to Josh Hartnett if we're envisioning a world where it's Harvey Dent and not Two-Face and we're just seeing, you know, kind of like Aaron Eckhart did at the beginning of uh, The yeah. Dark Knight. You're just seeing the lawyered up district attorney. I agree with you. I think Josh Hartnett could pull off that role. That said, I am a big, big fan of Joel Edgerton. I think that guy is an underappreciated unsung hero of hollywood i i cannot remember ever watching a movie of his and being disappointed he played uh, he played harry harris uh one of the thai cave rescuers in uh, ron howard's movie um last year on amazon the the 13 lives movie that was brilliant he was in the prequel to the thing now while the movie wasn't good he was great he acted alongside leonardo dicaprio in the great gatsby like the guy's good man the guy's Really, really good. Do you know he's also um, in that film that I mentioned people... very briefly? Go on, sorry, what? He's also in the film The King, which I mentioned that I saw briefly when I was yes. in my yeah, that was another really good film that he was in, actually. I remember that. And of course, everyone, you know, the more the 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 more passive cinema fans may know him as Owen in uh, the Star Wars prequels, you know, Anakin's Anakin's brother. Um or brother or or, or not brother-in-law. Yeah, half-brother. Um, yeah. So, Joel Edgerton is a solid bit of casting. I think when you've got a director like Matt Reeves on hand, both of these guys can pull it off. My personal leaning would be for Joel, though. Um, but yeah, <laughs> more. Let, I guess at least we've got uh, two contenders as opposed to four Batmans, as, uh, <laughs> as you've been alluding to, right? <laughs> All I'm saying is, whoever doesn't get it, don't worry. You've got six other universes to become Two-Face. So you're all good. Yeah. Literally that. Yeah, exactly. And okay, guys, and to wrap up the show, uh, but actually, I want to know what you guys think. Comment down below. Would you prefer Josh Harnett or would you prefer Joel Edgerton? And leave your comments as to why. Um, and now for our last section, AJ, it's time to take that long winding road down memory lane Gosh, in a I section that we call... Throwback Thursday movies. Yes. It's old time, AJ. Time to get old. And just like last week, we yeah, they're all yeah, they're not all big movies, but there's some shockers in here. Okay. Hit me, hit the me. first one's quite timely, and it's sad for us. I think we're both gonna be quite sad talking about this now. Because 10 years old this week, AJ, 
our beloved Henry Cavill in Man of Steel. No! It's 10 years old, oh. brother. 10 years old this week. Oh, the start of the, of the messed up DC universe. I am going to maintain Henry Cavill is my favorite Superman ever. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. It's not even a competition. Um, yeah, th th that's sad. That's It's not sad. It's just bad. Should I say it's mad? It's, I it's still remember. I still remember getting my PS4 and getting that as my first Blu-ray. It was one of two films. Yeah. It was Man of Steel. Okay, I've already done one film for ten years. It was Man of Steel and The Wolverine. Those are the two films I got, and I remember really appreciating Man of Steel. I can't believe it's ten years. That just shows how. My God, yeah. And they still can't release a new GTA, but we won't go there. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, that's a shocker. That is a shocker. I cannot believe it's 10 years. And oh, I really wish that more of the DC universe had been just like this film because I think Snyder absolutely nailed this movie. I, I love the risks he took. Superman doesn't kill. Yeah, but what if he's not Superman yet? But um love it. He's learning to become Superman. He makes mistakes. He makes human mistakes. It humanizes him. It puts him closer to that which he loves. I thought Michael Shannon as Zod was so good. I just love the whole threat in it. For me, funnily enough, the only thing that didn't work, which is weird because I love this woman, I did not like Amy Adams as Lois Lane. It did not work for me, that. I know what you mean. I've kind of accepted her by the time you get into the whole DCAU, but I know what you mean. It just, it, she lacked the sass of a previous Lois Lane, be it on TV, be it on yeah. sc big screen. It, it just lacked I even, liked, I even liked Kevin Costner in this movie. I thought he was a really good Parken. And you won't hear me say that often. I thought that moment where he knows he's going to die and he just says, stop to his to his son, letting him know that the world's not ready for you yet. I'll make yeah. the sacrifice so that you can stay hidden. Clark knows he can save his dad in that moment. And the yeah. dad makes the decisions. Don't do it. It's so powerful. Like, <laughs> there's these moments in this movie that are really like, oh, yes, boy. Do you know, um, I, I always say it. Superman for me. As a kid, Superman's always the greatest. The older you get, the more boring Superman gets because there's nothing. Yes. He's just too good for his own. He's just too good. For... And and hearing a new Superman movie coming out, I was like, where are we going to go with it? It gave him edge. It gave him background. It gave him pain and emotion. And that's what I liked about it. It did. It gave him a lot of pain and emotion. And, you know, the, 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 the perfect being indestructible alien being fallible was actually quite refreshing. And yeah. 20 years old this week, AJ, is a movie I have not seen, so you may need to fill me in. This one, funnily enough, shocks me the most because I remember when this was announced and I was like, this is 20 years ago and I still haven't seen it? But uh, I'm pretty sure you have and you told me to stay clear of it, so I'll, I'll let you run with this one. 20 years old, dumb and dumb -er oh. when Harry oh. met Lloyd. Oh, oh, hold on. No, this isn't this oh. isn't the Jim Carrey one. No, I haven't seen this. However, yeah, this is an interesting 20 years. I did steer clear because I, it just wasn't right. There was a lot of stuff that happened when Jim Carrey said he wasn't going to do sequels and they came out and I just steered clear. 
we had Ace Ventura Jr. We had Son of the Mask and we had this. They were all in this big melange of I don't care and I refuse to care. But it's weird that 20 years has passed since that. It just right. shows you what an impact that Jim Carrey had that these were about and made you think we need to create something off of the essence of Jim Carrey. That's what these films were. I, I wish I could say more, but I just know it wasn't going to be good because it didn't have the matter. It had neither of them, dare I say. Not that when they did come back, it was any good. But that's a different conversation over a different time. This is what I was about to say. Jim Carrey, for all of his posturing, and I love the man, but for all of his posturing about I don't do sequels, it's like, well, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, and Dumb and Dumber 2 disagree. So you did some sequels, Jim. When Nature Calls was good. Your second outing as, as Harry? No, as Lloyd? Not so much. No, no. Would have been better off doing a voiceover for the cartoon of Dumb and Dumber. But anyway, that's not now the movie. The movie that's thirty years old. It's yeah, it kind of fits because yeah, the dude's old now. Um, but then when you think, bro, thirty years is a long time. <laughs> like, you got to quantify this stuff, and it's oh, let's just get it out there. Let's bring in. AJ, the governor, make the movie. Come on. And the man we're talking about today is the last action. Oh, oh, oh. No. Yeah. No. I bring up this film so many different times in a pod. It is 30 years, years old. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my days, I'm in a time warp. Ah, oh, <laughs> the story of a kid with a golden ticket and it's not Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. It brings him into the world of his favourite film. I've always found it so fascinating and I've been fascinated for 30 years. That's the only way to word it. Oh my, ah. Oh. Oh. You, you, you've always loved this one a lot more than I have. Um, for me, this isn't top 10 Arnold territory, but it's... Uh, Arnold is always fun so if I put this on I'm still going to be entertained because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger doing Arnold stuff um, but yeah, for me it's not a good movie I don't. it's not one I would rush out to see again but it's Arnold so I like his shtick so I would always it, if it was the, on I would watch it it's the multiverse element that I appreciate to it am I going to be like oh my days I'm bored let me put last action hero on no never but it's something yeah. that I appreciate that the logic behind it, and that's always fascinated me, and how meta it was in the sense that Arnold was very much aware of who he was, and right. that's what I like. You know, this is what I like about it and love about it. I can't believe it's thirty years old. I, I, I stumped, stumped. Oh my, dizzies! No way. Like you can listen to most seasons of the movie Mount Rushmore. I have brought up this film. <laughs> Damn. So the question goes over to you guys as always. What do you think of each of these three movies? We've got Man of Steel, which is 10 years old, Dumb and Dumb Ura, when Harry met Lloyd at 20, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Last Action Hero at 30 years old. Leave your thoughts and your comments down below because I'd love to hear which one of these shocks you the most. But that is all from us this week. 
on Silver Screen News. It has been great bringing you the latest updates from the world of movies. Please do stay tuned to our Instagram account um, because you get my instant out of theater reactions on there as well as on YouTube. And we'll be doing daily movie news throughout the week on there just in the form of photo posts. So follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. You can find a lot of the vertical content we're doing uh, being up on our TikTok channel and on Facebook and on Instagram, just everywhere at the Silver Screen Dudes, other than on Twitter, where it is at Movie MT Rushmore, which is for our podcast. But if you want to reach out to us, we're on there. Uh, like and subscribe to us if you haven't already. You can find this in podcast format if you wish to listen to us while you're on the road and you're not able to watch us. We would really appreciate it. But yeah, subscribe to us if you haven't done already, guys. Turn on the notification bell, and we will see you next week. I'm Nicolero. I'm the one AJ Anthony Jordan. And we will see you guys. We out. Laters. See ya.